0: Well, we are in the third week of a new series called What is Love? And as we prayed over this and planned for this series, we planned a couple special things to go along with the series. And one of those things is a study guide. Uh, Hopefully you've gotten this uh, by now. In week three, it looks like this. Uh, I know some of you got it for the first time this morning, but I've been so encouraged to hear stories of of how you guys are going through this personally in your devotion time with your spouse or with uh, a friend and going through what relationships really look like, and you know this, all of us in this room, no matter how you're relationally connected, you know this, relationships can be glorious, but they're also really hard, right? Last week, we said it this way, that it's like trying to grow grass in the desert. Like, it's possible, but it's hard, right? It's glorious, but it's hard, and here's the reality that we all know. One hour a week on a Sunday, can't change that. But you putting your hand in throughout the week, using this study guide as a tool to do that, your relationships can grow and tr- change in the grace of God. So hopefully you're using that and getting a lot from that. Uh, the second thing is I, as I prayed and planned for this uh, was just some special guests came to mind, that friends of mine that I wanted you to hear from. And not just people who preach things well, like, hey, this guy would preach this topic well, but, but people who live this topic well. And we have a few of those throughout the series, and today we have one of those. Uh, his, his name is Pastor Chad Moore. Uh, he's from Sun Valley Community Church, and he's going to talk to us about love and communication across marriage, across all of our other relationships, and I'm so excited you get to hear from Chad. When I first met Chad, a few things uh, stood out. One of those things was, was he's from Texas, and so like me, I'm also from Texas. He has a slight twang uh, that comes out every once in a while when he speaks, and also like me, he's a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, so I knew that we would be fast friends uh, right away. Uh, and, uh, but more than that, what stood out way more than that was how much Chad loves Jesus, how much he loves people, and how much he loves his wife, Katrina, who also came uh, with him today. So, so thankful that they're here. Uh, so glad you get to hear from them. Would you give them, give Chad, a big PBC welcome as he comes up?
1: Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Hi, good to be with you guys uh, today. Uh, I am from Texas. Actually, I used to talk like this. It was like really, really strong. But then I realized when you talk like this, people automatically deduct about 50 points from your IQ. And so through the years, I've learned to lose that, right? But it could be I'll get excited today and, and uh, I'll, I'll sound a little Texan. So good to be with you guys. Um, happy fifth anniversary. Next weekend, that's really exciting. Um, I've known the Birdwells really for the past five years since you guys um, started Phoenix Bible Church. And uh, it's been really exciting to see all that God has done in you and, and through you. Today we are going to talk about uh, relationships. And let's just start with, with this. In the end, all that matters are God and people. The most important things in life aren't things, but relationships. Our relationship with God and our relationship with with people. If you think about it, if you're a follower of Jesus here today, if you think about it, functionally speaking, this is how the Christian life works. Relationship with God, relationship with people. The Christian life is all about learning to receive the love, the mercy, the grace, the truth of God. And then giving that away to other people. God works it in. And we work it out. I'm going to give you some really practical things today in, in the realm of, of communication. Um, just know uh, what I'm going to talk to you about today. If, if you're a dude here today, if, if you're a, a man and, and you're dating, um, the counsel that I'm going to give you today, because it comes right from the Bible, if you choose to practice it as a dude, you will become considerably more attractive to women. So I'm just throwing that out there. So you want to take really good notes today. I'm going to give you some really practical things about about communication. Uh, But before I do that, I I want to talk about the theology of relationships for a little bit. How excited are you? The theology of relationships. But just just think about this for a moment. So in the end, all that matters are are, are God and people. Life is about relationships. Relationships. Think about this for a second, and I'm just going to do a quick walk through uh, the scriptures. If you're new to the Bible, you're still going to kind of follow along with me here. Or it could be you've been in church for a long time, and maybe you've never thought about uh, some of the things I'm about to share with you. But, but all of the Bible is about relationships. You, you really can't get away with it uh, and away from it. All of it's about relationships. Think with me here. God in his very essence, the very who and what God is, is he's relational. So let me me break this down. There's this doctrine uh, called the Trinity. You won't find the word Trinity anywhere in the Bible. Um, That is a theological doctrinal term. And you'll see the Trinity expressed, but you won't find that word there. And here's here's the Trinity. God is not one, he's three. God is not three, he's one. He's one and yet three, he's three and yet one. You have God the Father, you have God the Son, and you have God the Holy Spirit. And yet, it's, it's one God. And so, of course, the question is, can you explain that? No, I can't. All right. Uh, But it's one of the reasons why I believe that the Bible is legit, because nobody would have thought that up. And if you did, you wouldn't go with it. It's a really hard sell. Make sense? (laughs) But when you think about God, you don't think addition, one plus one plus one equals three. You think multiplication. One times one times one equals what? Okay, most of you are in university right now. One times one times (laughs) one equals what? One, it's like one to the third power, one divine essence expressed in three persons. God, in the very essence of who and what he is, think with me, he's relational. Let's go a little further with it. Uh, that means that God can't be lonely. Why? Because he's never alone. <laughs> the very essence of who and what he is is he's, he's three and yet one, one and yet get three. One theologian was asked, what was God doing before he created, you know, the world and and people? And the theologian said, he was enjoying themselves. (laughs) But think with me. That means God didn't create you and me because he was lonely. God didn't create you and me to get love. He already has it. It's the very essence of who and what he is. He's relational. God created you and me to love us. And just to say this out loud, most of our problems, it's not that we don't love God enough. It's that we don't realize how much he loves us. Because the more that we understand God's love for us, the more that we will trust him. If there's any area of your life right now where you're like really struggling with trusting God, here would be your prayer. Father, help me understand your love for me so that I may trust you. God created us to give love. It's the very essence of who and what he is. Think with me. Let's do a walk through scripture. So this being who is one and yet three, three and yet one, creates two, Adam and Eve. And this being who is one and yet three, three and yet one, says, okay, I want you two to become one. We call this marriage, and the Bible calls it a mystery. A mystery. And if you're married, just to say this out loud, you will spend the rest of your life figuring out the mystery. (laughs) And the largest room in the world is the room for improvement, right? There's always a place to grow in marriage. It's literally a reflection of who and what God, God is. And then God establishes this relationship because all of the Bible is about relationships. In the end, all that matters are God and people. God establishes this relationship with his people, the Jewish people. He comes to this man, Abram. His name would become Abraham, and this, and this nation is born. And all through the Old Testament, you see the ebbs and flows of God's relationship with his people, the people's relationship with, with him. And then God comes in the flesh in and through the person of Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, his nature, who he is, his personality, his intellect, how he feels, his will, how he operates, then you then you look at you look at Jesus. And Jesus begins to teach, and Jesus, in this one moment, is asked, What's the greatest commandment? Think with me. He gives a relational answer. Relationship with God, relationship with people. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he says all the law and all the prophets hang on those two commandments. Which means holiness is relational. Love for God, love for people. Jesus told his disciples, the world will know you by your love one for another. Another way to say that is the world will know Jesus' followers by the quality of their relationships. Jesus gives his life on the cross for you and for me three days later rises again in John 17 3 Jesus says this is eternal life and he says eternal life is relational I'll quote the verse for you this is eternal life that they may know you the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent it's relational the cross is relational picture a cross in your mind Jesus saves right there then you have to look at it I love that thing by the way I want to take it home I wish that was in my swag bag That's cool. But the cross is relational. Even the symbol of Christianity. Vertical, right relationship with God, affects horizontal, right relationship with with people. Think with me. When Jesus paid for your sin, He paid for all of your sin. He wants to free you of your sin. Vertical. He also wants to free you of all the sin done unto you. Horizontal. If you're here today and you're struggling with bitterness, what Christ did on the cross is capable, if you'll trust Him, to set you free of that bitterness. When you trust God, it frees you of your sin. And when you walk with Jesus, it frees you from the sin of others. Vertical and horizontal. The cross is relational. Heaven is heaven because of relationships. God is with man. Man is with God, all relationships are perfected there. Heaven's not heaven because of the shiny stuff. The reason that the streets are gold, by the way, just a little sidebar, is because gold has no value in heaven. And God likes the bling, so we'll throw that out there, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be beautiful. But what makes heaven heaven is, is relationships, right? Relationship with God, right? Relationship with, with people. So just to kind of nail it to the wall, right? When we talk about relationships, we're talking about what life is all about. Don't, don't, don't miss it. All of us are born and all of us are gonna die. And one of these days, before you graduate, God willing, in his grace, hopefully it'll be a long time from now, you'll be deep into old age, but in that moment when you're about to breathe your last, what do you want to see around you? You're not going to say, bring me a picture of my car one more time. I just, I just want to see it, right? You're not going to do that. Bring, bring me my resume because, dang, that thing's impressive, right? I just want to read through all my accomplishments. Bring me my trophies. No, you don't want to see that. You want to see people that you love around you. And who, love, who loves you? You, you? you want that to be right. Peace with God, peace with people. Why? Because in the end... All that matters are God and people. Life's about relationships. In fact, the quality of your life will be determined by the quality of your relationships. So let's talk about it. We're going to talk about communication today. And as uh, Pastor Tim asked me to talk talk about communication, uh, thought about it, prayed about it. Um, I'm actually going to talk to you primarily today about listening. uh, About listening. And and here's why. We don't listen to each other anymore. Uh, All of us are looking at screens. You know, we got the whole black mirror disease, right? And we're looking at screens and we're doing social media and and all this kind of stuff. And for most of us, you know, we live life more online than we do in person. And so what I want to do today is to be as practical as it possibly can be. So life is about relationships. That's kind of the big theological frame. But then the question is, how do we do relationships? And if I can be so bold, most of us don't know how. We don't know how to do relationships. And so, we're going to look in the scriptures today at just some really practical things on, on what it means to, to listen. And, and I'll just be um, really honest with you. For most of my life, I've been a relational idiot. Um, my parents are, are divorced. Um, just to kind of keep it real this morning, um, how many of you you, you come from uh, a family where your parents are divorced? Just a, just a show of hands. Okay, I'm going to give you a statistic right now because I love you, but the statistic's going to scare you. Okay? And, and I want to scare you just a little bit because when I heard this statistic, it, it, it scared me. I went to this little class one time, and they were talking about people like you and me that, that come from uh, a broken home where the, where the parents are divorced. And here was the statistic. Children of divorce, 78% of the marriages of kids that come from divorce, 78% will divorce themselves. Now, just let that sink in for a second. And I've been married 18 years and I love my wife and she's my closest friend and, and she's great and we're growing all the time and we still have a long ways to go but we're growing and, and, and I love her. There's tremendous hope, okay? So I'm not giving you the stat to, to tell you it's, it's not possible but just hear that. Almost eight out of 10 of children of divorce will divorce themselves. You know why? Foundation. Uh, our family of origin sets the tone for how we do relationships for the rest of our lives even if we're Jesus followers. So we really have to be intense about learning from Jesus how to receive the love, the mercy, the grace, the truth of God, and how to give that away to other people. We need to really learn and subject ourselves in the realm of discipleship because discipleship, by the way, is all about relationships because all of the Bible is about relationships because in the end all that matters are God and people. And so we've really got to pay attention. What does it mean to receive the love, the mercy, the grace, and the truth of God and give that away to other people? What does it mean to let God work it in so that, so that we can work it Work it out. It's okay to say, relationally, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, that's the beginning of wisdom. And the more humble we are, and the more that we realize we're not too bright when it comes to relationships, we're all broken. Because I'll just tell you this, there are no perfect relationships because there are no perfect people, and we all need God. Um, I, I met a couple out front, and we were kind of teasing, and, and they were, they were giggling because uh, they got engaged last night, right? Woo! And yeah, that's very exciting. We're clapping them. But 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 here's 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 the thing when you get married, right? Like your theme song before you get married is me, 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 me. I'll just tell you that's most of the time the theme song of my own life. It's me, 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 me. You know, you know what most of my prayers are about? I'll give you a hint. Me, 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 me. Most of the time when I'm thinking about life, it's 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 me, 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 me. Okay? But here's the deal: when you get married, and you stand up and you, and you take marriage vows. You know why you have to take marriage vows? It's because it's going to be hard. And it's like you got to stand up there and you got to say, I'm going to love you even when it's hard to love you. And I'll typically, when I do a wedding, I'll, I'll be like, you know, they look pretty great today, don't they? Oh, yeah, they, they, they look great. I'm like, they're maxing out right now, okay? <laughs> there, there will be days when he or she is the greatest person in the world, and then I'll say, but there will be other days. On those days when they're not the greatest person in the world, when you choose to love them, that, that will make the difference. There are no perfect people, so there are no perfect relationships, and we all need God. When you get married, it's me, 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 me. And then you take those vows, and then it's we, 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 we all the way home. <laughs> right? And you learn the rest of your life how to do we, 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 we. It's no longer about me. It's about who? It's about it's about We. So this relational thing is, is, is a big deal. Communication, big deal. Today we're going to talk about learning how to, how to listen. You guys have been um, in Ephesians. I want to encourage you. Uh, Tim mentioned the uh, study guide earlier. I want to encourage you to do that uh, this week, to think about it, uh, to go a little deeper with, with these things. But this is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and, and, and 16. And here's what the Bible says. It says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to, what are the next two words? Say them out loud with me. We are to what? Grow up. Everybody look at me. Relationally, what most people do is they give up. I want to encourage you, when relational strife comes along, don't give up, grow up. It's a huge opportunity to grow in your faith in Jesus. Okay? So the scripture says, speaking the truth in love, we are to, say it again, grow up in every way into him who is the head. Who are we talking about? We're talking about growing up into Christ. Growing in him from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in what? In love. Here's how the church is strong when relationships are strong. Here's how we grow up. We grow up relationally with one another. I'm going to say it again. We receive the love, the mercy, the grace, the truth of God. God works it in and we work it out. Any relationship you ever have At some point in that relationship, you're going to hurt that person, and that person's going to hurt you. Welcome to the human race. (laughs) Welcome to the human condition. So so what do we do? We don't give up. We grow up. And here's the thing. The more that we grow up speaking the truth in love to one another, listening, receiving it, the more that we grow up, I'll I'll just make you this promise, the more the Holy Spirit will show up and into the life of the church. Okay, I'm going to be a preacher here just for a second, all right? So I'm going to move from teaching to preaching. I might yell just a little bit, but think with me here. Relationships matter more to God than religious practice does. Let me prove it to you. I'm going to give you one example, Eh, maybe two. Jesus said, hey, if you're giving your offering and you remember your brother has something against you, go make it right with your brother and then come back and give your offering few things I want you to notice in that teaching from Jesus. One, you still come back and give your offering. I got to say that because I'm a pastor, right? But apparently to Jesus, relationships are more important than religious practice. How we treat one another, those of us who are on the inside of the church, and how we treat people on the outside of the church is massive to God. Why? Because the whole thing's about relationships. There's this moment where Peter is teaching, and he says your prayers are hindered when you're a jerk to your wife. Why? Because relationships matter to God. And what happens in marriage, in friendship, in in the church, is when those relational difficulties come, we don't grow up, we give up. And I wanna encourage you in any relationship that you ever have, if you're going to move from selfishness to being more like your savior, you can't give up, you've gotta grow up. There are moments when you're going to have to die to yourself. There are moments when you're going to have to forgive. There are moments when you're going to have to confess and receive forgiveness. Great relationships come from maturity. And, And this happens over time. But relationships are what the Christian life is all about. It's not about how much Bible you have memorized. It's about how much Bible you practice. It's not about biblical education, but about biblical application. It's not about what you know. It's about how you, how you love. And so this whole foundation, like relationally, it's about growing up in Jesus. And as we grow up in Jesus, Jesus begins to show up more and more in and through the church. Let's talk about listening today, all right? Really practical, and and the bottom line is is, is this. To relate, you have to communicate, okay? Now, I'm going to give you all these little one-liners. You can write them down if if you want. They just kind of come out of me. But to relate, you have to communicate. Does this make sense? So let's talk about communication, and most of us know how to talk, all right? We're going to talk today primarily about, about how to listen. This is James chapter 1, verse 20. I'm going to give you lots of different uh, verses as we talk about practically listening. But, but here's a good one to memorize. James chapter 1, verse 20. Here's what James writes. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. So take notes today, okay? <laughs> take note of this. Uh, everyone should be, next three words, read them out loud. Everyone should be, read it with me. Quick to what? Quick, let's say it again. Quick to listen. Quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Okay. Now, you guys have heard this before because you learned it in kindergarten. All right? We have two ears and one mouth, which means we should listen twice as much as we speak. Does this make sense? We always think about talking, but the Bible says, think about listening. Write this down if you're taking notes. To listen is to love. To listen is to love. Okay, remember a few minutes ago, I, I told all the dudes, and I said, hey, if you, if you learn what we're going to talk about today, like in your dating right now, you're going to become considerably more attractive to women. Does anybody remember that from like five minutes ago? Okay, make sermons more memorable, right? When you give somebody your attention, they like you. Nobody listens to anybody anymore. To listen is to love. There was this guy in my church, and a pretty successful guy actually, and, and he met Jesus, and um, he, had, he had a bunch of kind of issues and addictions in his life. And uh, every year he would win these awards in, in this business that, that he was in, And so he would get invited uh, to to this kind of celebration and and basically what the company that he worked for, what they would do is they would throw this this big party for all of their their top producers. And so um, he was invited to this party and all of these people like make really good money. Um, I I, I think on the low end, uh, if you made like 300 grand that year, you were invited and then there were people all the way up that made a million bucks that year. And so it was like, this event was like, camp for rich people okay that's that's what it felt like and so my, my buddy I'll tell you his name all right his, his, his name is Ron he had gone uh years prior and he had kind of partied himself crazy and he was trying to make some changes in his life he'd given his life to Jesus and um, he, he was a single guy uh recently divorced and he's like Chad I've been invited to this would you consider going with me and I'm like you want me to be your chaperone he's like yeah pretty much uh, he said, I, I, I want to go. I want to do things differently. And, and so I, I said, okay. So, so we go to this, and again, all wealthy people, it's, it's, it's like camp for rich kids, right? And so at night, they would have these gatherings at the hotel, and there was food and drink and whining and dining and all that stuff. It was awesome. I loved it, okay? So I'm walking around, and I'm meeting a bunch of different people. And the second night, as Ron and I are going back to our our, our rooms, he looks at me, and, and, and he said, dude, he goes, like, you're like everybody's favorite person here, okay? I'm not bragging right now, here's the story. He said, you're like everybody's favorite person here. And I was kind of like, I am? And he's like, yeah. And just for the record, I don't ever tell anybody I'm a pastor unless I have to. (laughs) Because that like immediately changes the conversation. Like if I'm somewhere and on an airplane or something, and somebody's talking, and they say, what do you do for a living? And I go with, I'm a pastor, they rewind all the F-bombs they just dropped over the past like five or six minutes. It just changes the conversation. Make sense? But here's the thing. So he's like, you're like Mr. Popular. You know all these people loving you. I didn't tell anybody anything about me. They didn't, they didn't know who I was from Adam. But you know what I did? And it was a little social experiment, actually, on my part. I just walked around and asked questions about them, and then I listened. And they found me fascinating. (laughs) Listen twice as much as you speak. Why? Because to listen is to love. Let me give you three things not to do. This would be lousy listening. All right? So the first three here are what not to do, and then we'll talk about how to listen well. Lousy listening involves, first one there is presumption. Presumption. Presumption means that you're not really listening. You're just assuming or presuming what the person is saying. And, and we all do this. This is Proverbs 18, 13. It says, to answer before listening, that is folly. Okay? In the original Hebrew there, it means that is stupid. Okay? So to answer before listening, that is folly and, and shame. Um, Do you ever do this? The person is talking, and instead of listening to what they're saying, you're thinking about what you're going to say. Okay? You don't have to, I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but I do this all the time, and the Bible says I'm stupid. When we presume and assume, listening is is not happening. Um, I wear hearing aids. Um, if, if you come up behind me, you can kind of see them on the top of my ears. And the, and the truth is, I've needed hearing aids for a long, long time. I know I look like I'm 25. I'm 47 years old, okay? So I've needed hearing aids for a long, long time. Uh, and when I was 40, um, I, I realized more and more that I lost my hearing and, and I needed hearing aids. I've had hearing issues my, my whole life. But I was 40 and I was already wearing glasses. So I'm like, I'm not giving in. I'm not going to be the 40-year-old dude that wears glasses and hearing aids, okay? But here's what happened. Uh, my wife told me to do it, so I did, right? <laughs> and, and I go, and I get the hearing test, and it's bad, and I failed miserably. And they give me hearing aids. Listen, it was life-changing, like in every category. And, and, and I don't know about from my wife, but, but in, in my part of the marriage, right, from me, 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 me to we, 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 in the me, me, me part of the marriage... Like the marriage got considerably better. You know why? Because I was presuming everything my wife was saying when I actually couldn't hear her. (laughs) And when you and I are presuming and assuming, we're missing out on, on, on reality. And I would be in groups and I would be in environments where I really couldn't hear and so I was making up what they were saying as I'm trying to read their lips and usually I wasn't thinking positively which was not making the relationship positive. Does this make sense? And what happened was when I stopped presuming and actually started listening because I had the ability to, like all my relationships got considerably better. Lousy listening involves presumption. Number two, lousy listening involves impatience. Impatience. I wrote this down. Maybe it's a thought you want to remember. I've never regretted listening, but I've regretted many things I've said in haste. I'm going to say that one more time. I've never regretted listening, but I have regretted many things... That I've said in, in haste. Um, do you ever finish other people's sentences? This is Proverbs 29. I was just going to see if you were going to right now. Proverbs 29 verse 20. Uh, do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them. I love Proverbs because it just punches you in the face. Right? To listen well takes some time. You have to kind of slow it down. Um, do you ever, do you ever like, been out with somebody, friendship on a date, with your spouse, with your kid, whatever, and you're talking to them and they're just looking at their screen? Wouldn't you hate that? Do you do that to people? That's because relationships you have to slow down. You have to set it aside. You have to focus. It requires patience. Lousy listening involves presumption and patience. Number three, pride. Pride. If you're taking notes, write this to the side. The wiser you are, the better listener you will be. Wise people listen. The wiser you are, the better listener you will be. This is Proverbs 12:15. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise, what's the next word? But the wise, what? Listen to advice. The wise listen to advice. Uh, Write this to the side if you're taking notes. Wise people learn from the stupidity of others. You want to learn from other people's mistakes so that you don't make them. Um, Everybody in the room today, find somebody older and wiser than you and ask them questions and then shut up, don't talk, just listen. And, And learn from them. Learn from them. Uh, we can learn from everybody if we'll choose to. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Right? Uh, let's talk about good listenings. These is, uh, this is all from Jesus. Okay? I'll give you three things to practice here. Again, really practical. Number one, learn to listen with your eyes. Learn to listen with your eyes. Tim talked about that in the study guide for this week. Learn to listen with your eyes. About 95% of communication is nonverbal. Um, I'll give you this, counsel. Uh, when you have to communicate something uh, really important or something that is relationally sensitive, don't do it through emails or text. Why? Because when you read an email or you read a text, there's no facial expressions. There's, there's no vocal tone up and down. And, and you kind of make that mean whatever you want it to mean. Uh, you can use the same sentence, but the way that you say it, and the way that you express yourself can vastly change the way that it's heard and the way that it's received. I'm going to give you an example. It's going to be a little creepy, but help a brother out. All right? So this morning, let's say I'm standing out front, and, and I was with my wife, Katrina. We were standing out front. We greeted uh, some of you as, you as you came in today. Um, let, let's say that a young woman walks up, and I look at her, and I say, Hey, how you doing today? Good to see you. Okay? That communicated something. Or I could say exact same words. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Good to see you today. I communicated... I know it's creepy, it's weird, forgive me. <laughs> but you understand the point. Most of communication is nonverbal. It's not what we say, it's how we say it. Learn to listen with your eyes. I remember my wife and I, because we're in a small group, as we were for a time, we're doing a different kind of ministry right now in our church, but we were in a small group with these other couples for a long time. Every other couple in the small group was older than us, and one of the reasons why we wanted to be in this small group is because my wife and I both knew that we needed help relationally. These people had been married for a long time, and they were kind of who we wanted to be when we grew up, Right? And so we decided to to, to go to this group. And and one particular night, my wife and I are driving home after the group, and we have these two friends in the group. We actually went on vacation with them last year. We we love these guys. Their names are John and and Marsha. And and so uh, my wife and I are driving home from the small group, and my wife says to me, she looks at me in, in the car, and she says, hey, do you notice that every time Marsha talks, John, like, stops what he's doing, turns his whole body, his face, everything, and he looks at her. Katrina said to me, did, did you notice that John does that for his wife, Marcia?" And I was like, I think the clue phone is ringing right now, right? Because it means a lot to my wife when she's talking to me. If I actually put my phone down, turn off the television, stop doing whatever I'm doing, and I actually look at her. Remember, to listen is to love. And so you want to listen with your, with your eyes. Um, What you focus on is what you move towards. I'm going to say that again. What you focus on is what you move towards. And so if you're going to listen to somebody, you actually have to look in their direction and focus on them, and it actually moves you toward them. And for all the guys who are dating, it moves her towards you. It connects you. It connects you. I'm telling you, if you look somebody in the eye and you pay attention to what they're saying, they will feel valued in a way that is rare. In our current day. In our current day. Listen with your eyes. Learn to see beyond the obvious. What kind of expressions are they making? What's their body language? This is Mark 10, 21. So all the good things about listening, we're going to get this from Jesus. This is the rich young ruler. It says, And Jesus, looking at him, did what? Loved him. Jesus gave him his, his full attention. Learn to listen with your eyes. Number two, again, real practical here. Uh, learn to listen with your heart. Learn to listen with your heart. Not just what's being said, but what's being, being felt. Same idea there. Jesus looks at the rich young ruler and, and loves him. He sees beyond the obvious, and he sees the heart. He sees the real issue. I think listening today is the modern version of washing feet. Um, It's the modern version of actually actually serving somebody. Um, When you begin to listen with your eyes, and you begin to listen with your heart, you're obviously going beyond the obvious. Don't just listen to what someone is saying. Listen to what they're they're feeling. Sometimes people will say something and, and they don't mean what they say and you have to listen to the emotion more than you do the words. That's, that's good listening. Because remember, only 5% of it, of communication, is verbal. 95% is, is something else. So you listen with your eyes, you listen with your heart. Number three, listen with your schedule. Listen with your schedule. How many of you have kids? It's just Okay, some, some of us. Um, this is really big. Uh, for when you have kids, uh, or if you want to have kids one of these, one of these days. Uh, write this down. There's no such thing as quality time. There's just time. We have this idea that there's quality time, like we're not going to talk to each other all year, but then we're going to go to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, and it's just going to be fantastic. Let me ask you a question. How many arguments have you seen waiting in line to ride a ride at Disneyland? <laughs> the happiest place on earth. You know why that is? Because those people hadn't spent any time together all year long. And so now all the crap that they've ignored all year long is coming out in the happiest place on earth when we're just trying to ride the log road. okay? And the rest of us get to experience it. What you do, as busy as you are, even if you're here today and you're a college student, what are your priorities? Calendar them. The smallest of actions is always better than the greatest of intentions. Listen with your schedule. Who are the people that are important in your life? Put them in your schedule. Spend time with them. Here's how I think through it. I'm a fairly busy person. Is you? What are my priorities? Okay. And then I calendar it. And as I'm calendaring it, I'm thinking through the rhythm of life. When do I have energy? When do I not have energy? Because I want to give the people I love the best energy I've got. So if I preach five times on a weekend, right? I'm not going to go out on a date with my wife Sunday night because I got nothing left. Make sense? In fact, I don't like anybody, including myself, on Monday. Tuesday, I'm a little better. Wednesday, I'm back to normal. So I just think through the rhythm of my week. When, when do I have energy? And you just calendar it. You, 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 just, you just calendar it. Um, kids spell love, T-I-M-E. And, and there's got to be this, this normal rhythm Uh, if you have a kid, of time with them every day. Where you look at them, they look at you, you listen for a moment. Now, I'm still learning to do this because at my house, it might be like your house depending on where you are in life. People are just kind of coming, going, and it's crazy. But if you're going to have great relationships, friendships, if you're going to have great uh, marriage, if you're going to have a great relationship with your kids, with your parents, whoever, you've got to make time for that. And if you're going to make time for that, you've got to schedule it. You've got to schedule it. I was, uh, my, my, 10 year old, this this was a, a couple of years ago, uh, we were celebrating his his birthday. And um, we were having this moment and, and we were all at Buka de Beppo. Do you guys like Buka de Beppo? Right? And, and so it's uh, my wife and I and we have two boys. Uh, now my oldest is 16 and my youngest is 10. So this was a few years ago. So it was like, you know, 14 and 8. And uh, it was his 8th birthday. And, and we're at Bucca Beppo. And the grandparents are there. And we had this moment for Jackson, my youngest, where we're going to go around and we're all going to talk about why we love Jackson. Right? And so each person goes around and they say something nice about Jackson. So brother goes, mom goes, uh, granddad, you know, grandmom uh, and, 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 and then me, we're all going around, you know, we say something nice to Jackson. And then Jackson, who's eight, says, I, I want to I do this for you guys. And so we're like, okay, so, you know, he tells his mom why he loves her and tells grandpa why he loves him, tells grandma why, why he loves her, tells big brother, you know, why he tolerates him, right? <laughs> I kind of make through that. And, and, then he, and, then he, and then he says something nice to me. And then he says, Dad, I want to bless you. So I have this thing that I'll I'll do with Jackson. I don't do it uh, every night or every day, but it it averages probably two or three days a week. So now Jackson and I, I take him to school every morning, and that's when we pray together because I got a captive audience, right? But for a while in bed at night, and then now I do it in in the car sometimes on on the way to school. But at bed at night, I I would put my hand on on his head and I would bless him. And this is from the book of Numbers in, in your Bible. This will sound familiar. And I would say, Jackson, may the Lord bless you and keep you and may he make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and may he give you peace. And so for a while, you know, if I didn't go in there and do that, Jackson would yell from his room, dad, you forgot to bless me, <laughs> right? So I go in there and bless and pray for him. So we're going around the table. He's saying nice things. He, he looks up at me after he says the nice thing and he says, dad, I, w- I want to bless you. I had no idea he knew it, anything, right? And he reaches up and he puts his little hand on my chubby cheek, right? On my face. And he says, Dad, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he lift his countenance upon you. Right? He said, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift his countenance upon you. And then he said, And Dad, may he give you peace. And then he kind of pushed my face. My whole table's just quiet, right? It's like time stood still. And you know what I thought in that moment? I thought, I'm the greatest parent in the world. (laughs) No, but here's what I realized. Oh, man, he's listening all the time. And that was like really scary for me. Because, I mean, I got that one right, but I, I don't get a lot of them right. But here's the truth, guys. Everybody's listening all the time, whether they realize it or not. Our lack of listening is communicating something to someone who is listening. To listen is to love. To relate, we've got to communicate. And we can all get better at this. Last one, and this is the most important. Learn to listen to God. Learn to listen to God. Which means that takes time. You got to schedule it. You got to turn your eyes to Jesus. You got to give him your attention. Learn to listen to God. Book of James, we kind of bookend it with, with, with that. We started with listening. We'll, we'll end. It's what James says about wisdom. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously. Just listen. He gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. When you start listening to God, I'll make you a little pastor promise. When you start listening to God, you'll get better at listening to others. Let's take a moment and pray together. Would you pray with me? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, um, I just want to give you a little hearing test here and then we'll pray. Do you assume what others are thinking? Or do you really listen? Are you a patient or or impatient listener? You interrupt people regularly or do you respect them? Are you humble? Do you listen to advice? Are you open to suggestions? do you listen with your eyes? Do you listen with your heart? As you think about those things, is there anybody that you need to apologize to? Let me pray for us. Father, thank you that you love us today as we are, not as we should be. Because none of us are as we should be, starting with me. We need you. We need your grace. And so in this moment, we just open ourselves up to you. And we want to receive. Give us wisdom of your love, your mercy, your grace, your truth. Fill us may it overflow to others Father teach us the value of relationship with you and relationship with people teach us we pray in Jesus name